Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica, and we are joined again. Guys, new episode, new pod, new guest. This week, I am joined by a lovely friend of mine. Some of you may know him if you're in the Smosh community, and if you don't know him, that's okay, that's fine. This is my friend, Joel. Everyone say hi, Joel. Hello, hi. hello. <laughs> Joel, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Like, what do you do? Hey, friends. I'm Joel. I, I'm i Joelville on Twitch. I mod for Damien Haas on his stream sometimes. Nice. And uh, I work in the video games industry. <laughs> so... We love to that's see it. Pretty much, that's pretty much me. Yes. <laughs> Guys, thank you once again for joining us on another episode of I Mean to Watch That. Today, we are going to be talking about the amazing show that is The Bear on FX. But before we jump into The Bear, of course, we're going to go ahead and do our beginning segment that we've been doing recently, where we just shout out, give a huge shout out to the writers and actors that are currently on strike in Hollywood right now. They are fighting for... Um, better compensation, you know, as well as weekly uh, median writer-producer pay because that has declined over the last decade. And they're striking for a number of reasons. Um, One is the fact that there isn't residual pay anymore due to the dominance of streaming Um, services. That's one of the main reasons uh for the strike. There has been the rise of AI technology in entertainment, which is another one of the issues that the WGA wants to address in the negotiations. And also there is um, the use of non-union writers and actors. That's something they also want to address. And also the financial strain many writers or actors are dealing with due to everything that has been going on in the industry ever since the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. And I just want to take this time to do a huge shout out to the writers and actors who are currently on strike right now. They are, you know, not working because they know that they deserve better pay, better treatment. And many people, when they see writers and actors, they think they make like big money, big bucks. But not every actor that is on your TV screen is living at large like Jessica Chastain. Every writer is Shonda Rhimes or, you know... Judd Apatow, you know, a lot of writers are out there and they're struggling and they're working hard and they have to deal with so many challenges within this industry because there are titans of the industry. There are these CEOs, there are these leaders of corporations that look at these writers and actors as puny little minions and don't see them for the valuable workers that they are that bring amazing entertainment into people's homes and they're the reason why these people have these million dollar homes and these yachts and these boats and these fancy cars so we just want to take this time to do a huge shout out to the writers and actors because you guys deserve to get paid what you are due and you are due so much because you can't say that in the pandemic you are not sitting on your behind like re-watching your favorite movies and TV shows or watching something for the very first time because you had time to do it in the pandemic. So I just want to show okay. all my love and all my support to the writers and actors. And I hope that, um, I hope everything goes well for you guys. And I truly hope that the AMPTP is ready to, you know, go to the table, meet the demands of the writers and actors so they can get back to doing what they love, which is making phenomenal works of art. For all of us to see so just want to shout you guys out real quick show some love fight, fight the power man yes. all these ceos they're getting 
and getting million dollar yearly salaries and I don't know, like like the fact that they can't even like move an inch when mm-hmm. like everyone's when everyone's asking for uh, like at least like less than one percent extra pay. Like that's like what equates to what like forty four million dollars. I don't know. I, I I forgot. I didn't see the chart where they they were asking for their like negotiation tactics or whatever. Yeah, there is a excuse me, there is a chart that's been like going around um, online showing how much the uh, CEOs would have to give up of their annual pay if they were mm-hmm. to meet the writers' demands. And honestly, it's like it's not even cents in the dollar; it's less than cents on their yeah. Dollar. Truly, mm-hmm. it is. Have you seen like uh, a, a like a picket line? Well, where you're at, I don't want to dox you or anything. <laughs> um, well, where I'm at, there I haven't seen a lot of um, striking. But like me myself and I, I don't really go towards the city. If I'm being honest, okay, I'm I'm really someone who's like I just go to work and I go home and I do my little thing. You go home, yeah. Okay, that's it. <laughs> But I do know a couple of people who are like um, writers who are cur- currently are not working right now due mm-hmm. to the strike. And mm-hmm. I know so many influencers right now that want to support the strike and want to show their love and want to be in solidarity mm-hmm. with the writers. And they're trying to mm-hmm. figure out how to do that within their own little way. Because me, mm-hmm. I have this podcast. And I know because I'm not mm-hmm. SAG, I'm not WGA. Um, so I'm personally, I'm not on strike. But I'm trying to do whatever I can just to, like, show my support. And I've had people who yeah. told me that they're not, like, making TikTok videos or making any kind of content right now that promotes struck work. And there are some, yeah. there are some works that are okay. And there are some um, leniencies for people. Like, if you mainly focus on criticism and critique in your content creation, then that's fine then that's okay. If you're not part of the unions that are striking right now, then that's okay. But I do know one online publication that I used to work for, they fully have stopped working, like fully stopped posting or writing for the rest of the year because they see that marketing is another form of promotion for struck work. So I know different people have different views of the strike and how they could show support and solidarity. And me, myself, and I, I've been just trying to do the research that I can. That way I can um, best show support in, you mm-hmm. know, a manner that I, I can, like, work in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes. So I just want to show my love to the writers. And it's actually wild to me that... Um, we're talking about the writer strike right now and also talking about the show The Bear because there mm-hmm. was this hit story, um, not this like hit story, but there was this really, tr- the story was trending about a writer off The Bear. His name is Alex O'Keefe. And he yeah. said that he was severely underpaid while working on yeah. The Bear. Yeah. I heard about that. And I think it was around award season this mm-hmm. year. He had, to, he had to borrow a suit um, for the award shows that he had to go to. I don't know if it was the Golden Globes or the Emmys. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them. I, I don't know. I, I, my facts are not straight, but <laughs> the point is, like, he had to, like, max out his, like, card mm-hmm. to get a suit in order for him to attend this award show. And I'm just like, I thought that 
that's so baffling to me. The fact that like you're invited to this award show for your work, yet mm-hmm. you have to they don't provide you for anything for like these events because like you're gonna do a lot of press like oh, yeah. during those events and so I'm just like so much. it should be covered by at, at the very least by those studios at, or at least some of it because in a way it's a working event <laughs> yeah I mean I read in an article that he had to put his tie on credit like his bow tie on credit and <laughs> he was basically just like broke I believe they had won yeah. an Emmy for the mm-hmm. writing on the show. And when he had won mm-hmm. the any Emmy, he knew like he had basically no money in his bank account. And he has yeah. Salary, yeah. And his salary is like forty three thousand for his work on the show. But there are no there's no additional paychecks coming in once the show is out mm-hmm. because you don't get paid residuals on streaming. Yeah. Which is so unfair. Yeah. And even if you do, it's like what? Like twenty five cents? Yeah. It's nothing. Crazy, yeah, yeah. Well, these studios have been like investing more and in, more in content than the staff that they work with, which is really sad. And the thing that really sucks is that you can see the decline in content in some of these streaming services. Me personally, mm-hmm. I have a huge beef with Netflix because I really mm-hmm. find it so annoying how they have all these amazing shows on their platform and they'll cancel them after like one season. You know, yeah, that's this, the meme. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's one show yeah. they had on Netflix. Um, it was called 1899, and it was supposed to be like I think it's like the sci-fi show kind of, and it was okay. on Netflix for a month, and they canceled it. They're like one season. That's it. Wow. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, I I also have beef with Netflix. Like, there's not a lot of shows that I'm like super invested in. Usually. How I start new shows on any streaming platform is that if it's trending on social media, like if people are making memes and talking about it, like on Twitter, for mm-hmm. example, then that's like, that's when I'm like, okay, maybe I'm interested now. And then uh, when I, back when like Stranger Things was like just out, like they only released one season, like it was mostly word of mouth for me. Like people were saying, like, oh my God, you should watch Stranger Things. It's so good. It's like, uh 80s like vibes with like goonies and et like Mm -hmm. all meshed into one and i was like okay sure cool and then it just kept like people started talking about it and then that it's now like a big phenomenon up to the point where like yeah we're about to enter the fifth season and i don't know if you saw the news monica but like uh netflix released an article saying that they're going to use AI to make... Oh, yeah, to because, de-age like, the actors. The, to de-age the actors, yeah. And, like, a lot of them are well into their 20s, okay. even though they're supposed to act like they're, like, 15. That's so <laughs> stupid because Netflix That's already, so crazy. They already cast, like, 20-year-olds who play teenagers anyways, so it just mm-hmm. fits in your model. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I but don't yeah, understand I understand why you would do that anyways, because isn't it gonna take mm-hmm. a year to film the last season? Didn't they say that? Yeah, they yes. were filming their in the midst of they were writing the final season and then the strike happened and then the writer's strike happened, which stopped production. Mm-hmm. Or like it pushed production later and then eventually the SAG strike happened and then now no one's filming. It <laughs> now no one's working on it, so yeah, I don't know what 
Am I gonna be like what thirty five by the time season five comes out? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> it's honestly, I mean, no hate to anybody who likes Stranger Things, but I'm a little bit over it because I did like season one, um, and I did mm-hmm. enjoy season two. But I knew mm-hmm. that after season two, I wasn't gonna watch the show anymore because I genuinely find the show scary. Like, oh, I, you do? <laughs> I do. I do find the show scary, so I can't watch it because, like, straight okay. up, like, it's not. It's not for me. <laughs> it's not my okay. thing, you know. And I know people love it so much, but yeah, I feel like Netflix. They expect all of their shows to be like Stranger Things. They expect yeah, they every, expect every show. Has every show's the hit. Yeah. Which, yeah. which makes it so frustrating because, uh, one of my friends like he is obsessed with The Witcher, like like mm-hmm. the games, and then with the Henry Cavill casting, and then Netflix, the the as you t- you can tell this as each season happens with the Henry Cavill Witcher series, the quality is really down. Like each mm-hmm. season, like it it gets very convoluted, and it's. It gets the CG is like most. It's like the the season is mostly CG at this point. Like mm. with Henry Cavill walking around, but yeah, it's now no one's watching it, and now they recasted him. Right. And like, well, Henry did Henry say that he quit or did Henry or he Cavill just left The Witcher because he was going to rejoin the DCU, and then. They were like, psych, you can't rejoin us. We don't want you back. So then he tried to go back to The Witcher, and they were like, oops, sorry, we already recast you. So then he was SOL, basically. That's what happened. Uh-oh. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I, I heard the last season with uh, Henry yeah, Cavill was kind of... Oh, yeah, uh, Henry Cavill. The, the, like, season three of The Witcher right now that just premiered... Um, mm-hmm. It's not good. <laughs> That's what I heard. I'm going to be honest. No. I just started The Witcher. So I'm trying to keep an open mind about it to see what it looks like. Because I do like the game as well. I am interested in the book because I haven't watched Henry Cavill in anything, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. So this is going to yeah. be my first exposure to his acting. Okay. Yeah. Not even Man of Steel? <laughs> no, I have. I didn't know. Okay. No. It, let me say something. If we're going to be doing DC movies, we have to move away from Superman and Batman. Adventures of yeah. Superman, I do like that show. It is a lot of fun. It's very good. It's on HBO. It's amazing. But okay. I'm not doing the whole like Superman, Batman, Joker origin story for the 12th time. Like, please move on. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> please find someone else. Like, there are literally so many other um, heroes and villains in the DC EU. We can, we can make so many movies out of so many other interesting people, but you know, it's mm-hmm. two white guys at the well at the helm, so they they'll do whatever they yeah. do. Yeah, it's fine. And also, I just find it annoying how Netflix, um, they keep canceling these shows, and they say it's due to low viewership. And truly, honestly, your platform has so much content on there, mm-hmm. and if you mm-hmm. leave a show on the platform for like just a month and you expect people to just hoard like run to it just like straight up it's it's annoying yeah it could also be like a generational attention span thing because like netflix likes to drop things on fridays mm. and then by the time like 
the following Tuesday rolls around, if no one's talking about it, then the show is essentially a flop. But I and find they, that they keep be... pumping it out like every Friday. <laughs> I the, the attention span thing to be a cop out because really, yeah. if you really want to watch something and sit through it, you're going to do it. I know there are plenty mm -hmm. of young people that will go through seasons and seasons of TV shows and become mm -hmm. attached to like the characters in the show. But if you just mm -hmm. drop a show on your platform and you don't give it like the right amount of promotion so that people know mm -hmm. that the show exists and then you get upset over low viewership numbers mm -hmm. and then you just cancel it straight out, then you're just, first of all, it could be popular with a small audience. So then you're taking yeah. away the small audience's like favorite TV yeah. show and you're not giving it the yeah. chance to grow and have a larger audience as well. Because I know one show, an example for me is Heartstopper. And when Heartstopper was oh, yeah. released, that... listen, I love that show. And like, not a lot of I, I want, watched it. I want to watch that. I, well, now that season two is out, like I might want to just like watch all of it. <laughs> you Listen, it's so good. I love it so much. It's so wholesome. And when the first season came out, like it wasn't that popular. I think it was pretty popular because the comics are pretty popular with the audience that Alice Osman has created online. But when mm -hmm. season two came out, it definitely had a bigger audience surrounding it because people watched mm -hmm. the show, they talked about it, they shared it with their friends and they let mm -hmm. the word spread and more people got attracted to the show and more people got interested in the show and that drew in a bigger audience. And then by the time season two came around, you have that bigger audience waiting for you. It's the same with The Bear. Like, The Bear yeah. came out, and people loved that show. And the season two mm -hmm. goes around, and you have Jamie Lee Curtis, you have John Mulaney, you have Sarah Paulson, you got all these big names in one Christmas episode, and then you have a Iconic, Cole. iconic. Wait, literally icons in this show, and that could only happen if you let the show have another season. Season mm -hmm. two is always the best season of a show. And if you rob a show of being able to level up to its season two, then you're robbing yourself mm -hmm. because I am sick and tired of seeing seven di different iterations of the ultimatum on Netflix. I hate that show. Every single day show on Netflix is awful. It's terrible. They don't work. And I refuse to watch them because every time I watch these shows, I don't believe like i know there's not gonna be happy ending i know it's just mess i know it's just drama and i know these people are not happy being on these shows and i don't understand why these shows are still being made it pisses me off like I for sure to, i try to watch the i've never the seen that night. show oh my gosh joel let me tell you what, what the ultimatum is we're like going so off topic <laughs> <laughs> just real quick the ultimatum is a show with four couples and they are there. Is this because... reality? It's a reality show. Yes. Okay. And they are there because one person in the relationship has issued an ultimatum. The ultimatum is literally, I want to get married. And the other person has an excuse. So you know what they do? They take the four couples. They put them in a hotel room. You are going to spend two days pretending to be single and date around with everyone else. And then you're going to repair into new couples. And then when you're in that new couple, you stay in that new relationship, quote unquote, for three weeks. That means you meet the person's family. You meet their friends. You live together. You go to work together. You do couple stuff. Okay. That's weird. And then you all meet back up. You go back into your original pairings. You share what you learned. You're with your original pairings for another three weeks to let the mess and the drama unfold. And then at the end of the social experiment, because I love to use that word to get away with the BS they're doing, <laughs> they decide if they're going to marry or move on. And I think that this show should just be 
canceled. There's no reason why <laughs> this show has three different iterations, but they canceled the bastard son and the devil himself. They canceled 1899. They canceled the chair. They canceled Anne and E, like, and with an E. Like, you have canceled all these amazing, phenomenal shows, and yet we're mm-hmm. stuck with mess. We're stuck with BS. We're mess stuck with like all the stuff we didn't nothing. want. Nothing. <laughs> Nobody asked for this. Nobody wants nope. this. Why is it here? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. But back to the bear. <laughs> so back to the bear. Uh, we haven't even started discussing the bear. And I've already... Yes. Okay. <laughs> let's go back to the bear. Let's like... Let's focus... Let's focus on in... This, uh, yes. On this... On, on my... On my boy, my boy Carmi, <laughs> my boy Carmi, my girl Sydney. Okay, for those who don't know what uh, the bear is, I don't know why you're listening to this episode, but we'll tell you all about it. Uh, the bear follows Carmen Carmi Brazado, played by Jeremy Allen White, who you guys may know from Shameless, who I know him from Shameless, and it also follows Sydney Adamu, who's played by the amazing, phenomenal, beautiful rising star who is. Ayo Edabiri, we love you, Queen. And Richard, iconic, iconic. She has seven <laughs> movies out coming out this year. Yes. And yes. I, I, by the time this comes out, like I Bo- have probably I probably have plans to see Bot Bottoms. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming out, and then like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is already out. Uh-huh. She was in Black Mirror that episode. She's got yeah. a lot of stuff coming. She's ready. She she is getting work. She said, I paid these bills. All right. Someone's got to keep the lights on. And it's her. Oh, also, Theater Camp. Theater Camp is coming out soon. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be on Hulu soon. I think it's in theaters. Oh, yeah. I like, think it's like theaters for a limited release, and then it's going to be on Hulu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that Theater Camp is going to be one of those movies that's going to be shown in, like, three movie theaters where I live. Yeah. So I'm going to have to, like, drive, like, 15 miles to go see it, but it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Okay. Um, yes. And then we also have Richard Richie Jeremovich, Jer- played by mm-hmm. Ebon Moss Barak. And they all work together to transform their sandwich joint to a next level spot. The show came out um, June 23, 2022. This is actually one of the first shows I watched when it came out. Because I... Let me me tell you something. Shameless was my show. And yes, (laughs) yes, I love that show. I did stop watching it after Fiona left. But that's just because like closer to the end seasons i just felt like the show's story wasn't as like solid as it used to be and then after mm-hmm. she left i was kind of like okay well i'm over it i guess i'm done and i still love the cast like if the cast of shameless are in anything i'll watch it and figuring out that jeremy allen white was going to be in a show like a cooking show i was like absolutely of course i'm gonna Yo, watch this yeah. what do you mean yes uh fun fact um where they filmed shameless it's like I think like a 15, 20 minute drive from my house, like in that neighborhood specifically. Uh, for those who don't know, I live in Chicago. Chicago's a big city, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not afraid of like getting doxxed or <laughs> whatever. But uh, yeah, 
and also the bear is filmed in Chicago and I I love the Chicago shots and it's great. I'll get into more of like the culinary scene, but it's really good. <laughs> we love that. Love, love, love. Oh my gosh. That's so yeah. cool. I actually, yeah. there was somebody who, um, I don't know if you also followed them, but they tweeted that they went to the restaurant that the bear was filmed in. And I was so jealous. Yeah. It's a real beef sandwich shop. Oh, in River North. That's a, the neighborhood where they filmed it at. Uh, yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's, oh. I don't know if it's called Mr. I think it's called Mr. Beef. Uh, but I heard just recently the owner of that passed away. Like, oh. I think a few minutes ago. But uh, yeah, I'm checking it. I'm double checking it now. Oh. Yeah, it's, 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 it's called Mr. Beef. Mm -hmm. And it, the layout is exactly like that. <laughs> oh, we love to see it. Yeah. yeah. So I think when tourists come to Chicago, they, they make that like a little hidden gem tourist spot. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds like it. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So the bear, um, as we know, the show is centered around the restaurant, the original beef and mm -hmm. basically, we are following the show um, because Carmi, he is this young chef. He was training at this really exclusive, amazing school to learn about like culinary arts. And his brother passed away. So he has stepped into the picture to, you know, take control of the original beef and take it out of the financial strain and start a new venture with the support of his other chefs. And then Sydney, she is a fresh-eyed, hopeful chef coming into the picture to help him out with, you know, his next plans. And I want to say, like, as soon as Ao stepped on the screen, I recognized her mainly because, like, I used, I follow her on Twitter, um, uh -huh. and as soon as she started talking, I was like, "Wow, this girl is me for real. <laughs> this girl is me for that's, real. That's she is real. <laughs> she is absolutely like, not even like she is so hopeful. Like she is mm -hmm. so fresh, and yeah. she is just so eager. But she's also mm -hmm. smart." And she knows what she's doing, and she just wants to like show her chops. And mm -hmm. I think she's so she's so amazing. Like she's so yeah amazing. And I love her character so much, just because like I've I've been needing a no, I've been needing a new awkward black girl on my screen. And I oh hell it. yeah, <laughs> yes yes please. I got it, and I love her for it. Yeah, I I feel like she's my favorite character as well as Tina. Um, I do love oh, Tina. Yes. Tina has mom energy. She does. She does. <laughs> she, when she was like, actually, because a lot of people love the long shots in the bear, but one long shot that I really do love is when Tina is trying to figure out like the mashed potato recipe and then she's trying to use the <laughs> sauce and she basically burns the sauce. So yeah. the shot follows her, you know, throwing it away, going to the sink, looking frustrated mm -hmm. and then coming back. And then seeing that Sydney has already prepped another one for her right there. And oh, that's love. I love that because, you know, just before <laughs> uh, Tina was kind of giving Sydney shit, but Sydney just wants things to be done and done well. Yeah. And she's willing to help out. And it's, it's nothing 
off her back. She's not trying to like one up her or anything. It's just like, we're a team. We work together. It's fine. If you drop something, I'm going to help you pick it up. And that's what I love about the show because it's oh. so tense and chaotic, but it's so yeah. tender, you know? Core of it. Yeah. It's sure. It's about family. Yes. <laughs> Fast and Furious means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, but like, there's so much external stresses about running running a restaurant and uh, getting so many o- orders in that you feel like you're overworked. And it's just, uh, I think it does just a good job of like representing like the anxiety and like the stress that you feel when you're like in the back of a kitchen. And like, I sometimes watch this show with my dad and like, uh, he's retired now, but like he had like ideas of wanting to be a line cook, and like we watched the show together, and like he he like goes up to me and says like I don't want to be a line cook anymore because like I don't want to go through all of that. <laughs> yeah, it's just I I the way it's shot like sometimes it's just like one camera moving, no cuts. Yeah. Um, it's it's just so good. Like the cinematography. Uh the close-ups, like, everything about it. Like, you feel for these characters, but also, like, you can't help but, like, root for them as well. Mm -hmm. Like, you want them... And, like, it's just a restaurant. This is not, like, a competition. Like, they just want to get orders out. They just want to serve their customers. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I love, like, the little details in the show. One thing that I enjoy is seeing them drink out of the plastic cups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like those takeout cups that you use for soup. Yes. I find it so funny because I was just like, oh my gosh. That's so Accurate, real. accurate. And that's like so for them, for lunch, like they probably make themselves like a PB&J because like they're so tired of like um, uh, the food that is presented to them. They're like, I would rather eat like a grilled cheese or something so simple. <laughs> yeah. And I also love how the show kind of like layers their problems because I'm thinking about, especially the first episode, I think, it, I'm not sure if it was the first episode exactly, but I know it was the season one where Carmi, he's like chopping up celery. Okay, I'm so sorry. My mom is vacuuming. So if you guys hear that in the background, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's annoying, but it's fine. Just ignore it. A- anyways, um, okay. Carmi yep. is like chopping celery and you're watching uh-huh. him like talk about how like the knives are dull and then you know richie he comes into the scene and he's talking about like the financial strain in the restaurant they don't have any money and he's bringing up mm-hmm. how they didn't have a financial strain until carmy showed up and then sydney comes up from behind and you can see as you're watching the show this is the thing i love the most about the show everybody's coming in and out talking and they're not even talking over each other like yes they are but you can clearly yeah. identify what the problems are and it doesn't feel like some clean yeah. cut like show where everything is so pristine and neat and nice like mm-hmm. you're watching the show and it feels like you're in the kitchen with them like you yeah. can feel the stress and you can feel the tension yeah and you can feel yeah. the chaos of being in the kitchen and one problem stacking on top of another, another problem stacking on top of another, and just like mm-hmm. the constant personalities just like clashing with each other in the show. It's yeah, it's so much fun to me. I enjoy it's it so, so much. good. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I love did you finish? Oh, did you finish both? You finished both seasons, right? Yeah, I watched both seasons. Okay, uh, season two is what I 
remember more than season one mm-hmm. um just because it's the it's recent so <laughs> um, no i get that i get that yeah yeah so like let me know when we're ready to dive into season two <laughs> <laughs> yeah i enjoy season two and i'm i have to say i'm very happy with how it turned out because i think mm-hmm. season one is the perfect freshman season it's one of those seasons you watch and you're like this is the groundwork to something that mm-hmm. i love mm-hmm. and i love it so much just because you can see like the amount of care and effort they put into the show and there's like little details you pick up on like the scene where i just mentioned earlier where Carmi he's chopping the celery when he holds up the knife it's mm-hmm. like a split second but you can see that there's actually like, celery on the corner of the knife which means he's actually cutting these vegetables and that's what mm-hmm. i like i like seeing that yeah. these actors are actually making the food on the show i enjoyed that so mm-hmm. much and i think mm-hmm. that really like elevates the show and i so enjoyed it because mm-hmm. really um season one is just revealing a lot of things to you you know the the restaurant needs to survive like they're hoping for a new future under Carmi's leadership and he is this talented young chef and of course it's like there's this new guy he's shaking things up he's trying to do things differently and you know there are the young people in the kitchen that are like yeah let's try something different let's try something new and, you know you can see the older people who are a little bit like stuck in their ways and don't really want to change things too much and I mm-hmm. of course of course you would expect like some tension right yeah in the in the show but the one thing that i love is how even though there's tension they're still a family like they still come together and they still want to make the restaurant a better place because it's a staple in the neighborhood it's somewhere where people love to eat they love working there Mm -hmm. they love cooking there and i was i'm not gonna lie like um, season one, I didn't see, like, the Carmi and Sydney like, connection. And yeah. in season two, I still don't see it. Y'all are, I don't know where everyone's getting this from, because I feel like in season two, Sydney is actually annoyed with Carmi more than she is actually, like, interested in him. And I would be, too, because how are you going to go so hard for this restaurant in the beginning? And then you get a girlfriend, and suddenly we're just... Yeah. What's what happened? What's up? What's going on? Like, What's up? explain it to me. I, I felt, I felt some chemistry between them, but also, not really. Like, like they were pushing the boundary a little bit between like, uh, coworker and friend. To mm-hmm. maybe this will be something more than that, but like, they were really like, up at the top. Like, they were ready to like, push that boundary away and then, be more. But then like. Obviously, Carmi's storyline was, uh, I saw my childhood friend who also happens to be a girl, and I'm starting to fall for her again. Oh, so, gosh. Oh, my gosh. It felt it felt kind of out of place a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to talk about... And ultimately... About... Go I, ahead. I do want to talk about season one just, like, a little bit. I just wanted to, like, bring that up because... Sure, sure. I feel like that's something that people really focused on in season two, but I really just think that was just projecting on the fans' yeah. part, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
like all my love to y'all i think i mean obviously i'm a fan of the show as well but sometimes the fans make decisions and they kind of like you know Mm -hmm. make these assumptions and you know Mm y'all keep talking about the same thing over and over again and i don't know how else to tell you that you're wrong like i i don't see what everyone else sees i must i must be there must be something wrong with me but i don't see it yeah i pretend i do not see yeah. <laughs> uh let's see okay season one um i i'm not gonna lie i love the running theme with jeremy allen white where he is like this kid from like mm-hmm. the bad part of chicago and mm-hmm. he leaves town like he is oh. you know he's he's the kid in the family where it's like you're gonna you're you're one of the good ones like you're gonna uh-huh. get out of here you're gonna make yeah. something of yourself you're gonna prove mm-hmm. yourself you're better than me you're smart you got this and then buckles under the pressure of everybody rooting for him and then has to come mm-hmm. back home which there's no shame in it it happens you know that's why yeah i get it yeah and he did make it he was he ended up being a michelin star chef yeah, I think he won um, the James Beard Award. And then, okay. And then, you know, he came back home to Chicagoland. Uh, mm-hmm. I also... Oh, my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that... Um, who was his name? Uh, oh, my gosh. Joel McHale was play- played his boss. Because... It's yeah. Like, it's so... I don't know how to say this. It's such an opposite kind of role you would expect for him. Yeah. Because Joel yeah, Mc... He does seem like playing like mean guys for some reason. He usually plays like douchebags, but they're like funny douchebags, yeah. you know? But now he's like a mean douchebag. No, he's like a terrible guy. <laughs> like he's, Yeah. He's, he's horrible. He's like verbally abusing him for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um Watching season one, I love it because you just see all the bad things happening one after the other. Like, first of all, mm-hmm. um, the health inspector comes and they give the restaurant a C rating just because of how, like, poorly it's managed. Mm-hmm. And then they figure out that there's a loan they have to pay out to their uncle. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Carmi, he has to deal with his own stuff. Like, he goes to a meeting and um, he's trying to better understand his brother's struggles with addiction. And I think mm-hmm. in the third season, I think in the third episode, season one, Molly Ringwald makes a camp cameo. I think so. I, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> it's like a really quick cameo. But going back to season one, I realized how many like kind of like pretty iconic actors are in the show just like off the jump like you got joel McHale from community fame like one of the best shows ever you have molly ringwald like hello mm-hmm. how'd you get that hello how'd you I get her know. in the show fx be having money <laughs> they, i mean they got money for real they do they got money yes. pay, the, pay your actors <laughs> <laughs> pay your actors pay your writers for compensation is what they deserve please Anyway. <laughs> and I also loved the episode with the kids party. I thought Oh yeah. I'm not gonna lie, that was teetering on ooh, is this a, is this bad? Like is this like bad? Were they did he they accidentally slipped like what like Van Sanex, yeah. 
Xanax in the yes in the in the in like the punch, and then yes. they, the kids were all asleep. The kids were out. They and the wasn't it like Cicero or like one of the dads? Like they were like, oh, okay, well, at least they're quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I thought that was a fun episode. <laughs> it was fun. It was so fun and so funny too. Gosh, <laughs> I enjoyed that. Okay, and then they're trying to make a new diner menu after that. Um, and then the toilet mm-hmm. backs up. There's always one thing after another. There's always yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, like it's never like there's never a moment of calm. Like there's never a moment of like there's always oh, something we got else. all of this done. There's always something else. Yeah. <laughs> I did love. It, it's like it's stressful. It is, and that's what it's like to run a restaurant. So that's what it's like to work in a restaurant, honestly. Like especially like nice ones, like super nice restaurants. You cannot imagine what it's like behind the scenes. It's it's terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. the nicest restaurant I've ever worked in was a Cracker Barrel. So, oh, not the even... Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you know how weird it is to walk into work and you see someone sitting there with a Make America Great Again hat? Who oh, Chad? Yeah. I do not want to. <laughs> would not want to be there. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's a reason why you have to drive like, to to get to one in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. Here they are. Listen, within five miles of each other. I'll tell you. They're Wait, here. No, no. I want to know where my, the closest Cracker Barrel is to me. Find the, I mean, I'm not going to uh-huh. lie. The best thing at Cracker Barrel is, are the pancakes. In my opinion, anyways. I yeah, the closest started... one is like way outside of Chicago. Like, you have to like, you have to drive to it. I think they started serving beer at some Cracker Barrels in my area. Which I feel like makes it kind of worse, but okay. I was like, all right, girl, sure, whatever. Okay, whatever. Let's, let's, let's push the envelope, you know, let's uh, let's take a risk. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Also, yeah, the yeah. Um, outside, the outdoor lunch service episode, I love that. I, when, you know, Sydney was like set up the grill and everyone was like mm-hmm. eating outside. I thought that was so genius. And I remember watching mm-hmm. that episode and I was like, you see, that's my girl right there. That's how you make she a little fun out of nothing. She's... Mm-hmm. She's put it together. She was like, she you know what? It. Let's make it happen. I got this. Y'all think everything's mm-hmm. down? Literally, the power goes out. And Sydney's like, it's fine. We can make it work. All right. Go let's <laughs> something together. Okay. Yeah. Peace. You that's, ain't stopping this that's bag. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. That's what you gotta do in stressful situations. And, yes. like, the odds are against you. <laughs> Love her so much. I was just like, yes, girl. Come on. <laughs> Get them together. Show them how it's done. Let them know what's up. Okay, that's a leader right there. All right? About mm-hmm. Show, we don't stand. tell. Yes. We stand. <laughs> we stand. Okay. Um. Let's see. Also, the risotto. You remember when um, she made the risotto meal and then Carmi was like, he didn't want to put it on the menu? It wasn't season... season one. Season one. Still. Yeah. Okay. I feel like there are a couple instances where, like, throughout the show, really, 
where Sydney is trying so hard. You know, mm-hmm. you can see she's putting a lot of effort into it. And there are some yeah. things, there are like some little minor tweaks she needs to make. You know, it's just a little, yeah. little minor adjustments. But I feel like she takes it so hard just because she wants to prove herself so desperately, so badly. She wants to just like, you know, show Carmi that she can do this. She wants to, mm-hmm. you know, step out on top and bring in a good product, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I feel that. I mean, I feel that deep in my soul. Because how many times have you been so excited and so amped up and you are so, I don't know, just like eager and earnest and willing and driven to like prove yourself. But you feel like every little mistake you make is like another nail in your cross. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. Like you're trying your best, but sometimes the best ain't enough. Yeah. <laughs> and that just happens sometimes. But um, I loved i loved that she served the risotto and i'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie i find it really funny in the next episode when he when i think it was richie no it wasn't richie it was ibra ibra had read mm-hmm. a review of the restaurant but he mentioned the risotto that she wasn't supposed to put in uh-huh. to the menu and that's when I was like, oh, girl. And then, next thing you know, we forgot that Sydney left the pre-order option active on the to-go service. Oh, so yeah. Then they had, oh, like, yeah. They had, like, multiple orders of the results. I'm not going to lie. When that scene started happening and it started deteriorating, I fully was like, I can't do this. I can't watch but this. I'm- I'm still watching though. <laughs> I want to know how it unfolds and like the printer, <laughs> the receipt printer thing just oh kept going God. and going. I was just looking at it and I was like, "Girl, I think I, I think I, I would die. I would simply yeah. give up." <laughs> yeah, I would just pack up all my knives and I would just hit the door. I'm not gonna lie. Ooh, yes. I feel like review that episode because it's the penultimate episode of season one. It's so amazing. And also shout out to, um, oh my gosh, I wish I could remember his name. Who was the guy who is like the, 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 the crap. Who was the dude that's like the plumber? Oh, found. Facts. Um, I think it's. I think his name is. Yeah, I think it's. It's, it's like food fuchs or facts. I, I think. Yeah, it might be facts, but I think the real name is Maddie Matson. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love seeing him in the show because, first of all, he's yeah, hilarious. his name is Fact. Fact. His last name is Fact, like F A K. Oh, yeah, 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 it is. It is fact. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Seeing him, like, go from... Because he's an actual chef. Like, mm-hmm. he knows how to cook. And him being an executive producer on the show is so much fun because he's so good. He's, like, a handyman. He's a server. But mm-hmm. he obviously knows a lot about food because he has so many cooking shows. 
I did not know that he was a chef, too. Yeah, he's a chef. I mean, he has so many cooking shows. If you look at his YouTube, he has, like, cooking videos on there. He had, um, I think, like, a whole thing. He had, like, two, I think, three cooking shows, and he has two cookbooks. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's incredibly talented. He's a Canadian chef, restauranteur, and also now actor, executive producer. So shout out to him. Good for him. Yeah. Get that bag. Yeah. Yes, we love to see it. We love to see it. Yeah. Um, but I just want to talk about episode the episode review real quick because mm-hmm. it was so it was low key like very it was a lot for me to watch. I don't know, maybe do you mm-hmm. remember watching the episode and like do you have some thoughts on it? Um that's the one where everything like where it was like the one the one shot of the restaurant like in the back kitchen and Mm -hmm. the orders were going in and then yeah that's like i thought that was the best episode of the whole season it was like the strongest one Mm -hmm. um basically like that was what hit for me where it's like okay i'm in like even though like this is stressful and chaotic like i want to see this through so um yeah, like to the way that was shot, it was just like mm, chef's kits, like pun intended. <laughs> oh yeah, and I love that everything started to fall apart because you're watching it in season one. How day after day, episode after episode, there's always one little thing that makes things worse and worse and worse. And you know, in some way or another, they seem to save it. In some way or another, they seem to find a fix and they seem to repair it. But this episode goes off the rails so mm-hmm. epically that Icarus has truly flown too close to the sun and now we are descending mm-hmm. down to earth with melted wax wings mm-hmm. and I loved it because I personally like love Ayo Edabiri I think she's phenomenal um hold on mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just need to. I my mom was literally at my door with the vacuum. That's <laughs> okay. 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 What was I saying? Yes, Ayo Edabiri. I love her character because normally she, you could tell that she's a little high strung, but she tries to keep it together. Mm-hmm. But she mm-hmm. fully sat down on that bench. <laughs> she was like, you know what? No. Yeah. I don't need to be here. I don't need this. And she's like, I'm I need good. To quit. I need to. I need to leave. <laughs> it's like I got to go. I got I got to go. I can't be here anymore. I got to go. And there is like oh my god, the momentum that builds in the show like throughout every single episode and it gets to episode 7 in season 1, it just falls apart, but it falls apart mm-hmm. so epically that I mm-hmm. I mean learning about how like the writers and the creators did this episode is amazing to me because they want to get the full story but they don't want to like they're not looking for perfect shots they're just trying to show how everything is intense and just be as immersive as possible so that the audience is there in that moment and they're watching everything unfold in the scene and really they only did like four or five takes for the whole sequence and with each take really? yeah 
each take the cast kind of like experimented a little bit with their um characters and i love um <laughs> oh my gosh i personally love richie and um sydney's arc because they don't <laughs> like each other so much yeah and for her to literally like stab him <laughs> like, yeah you would not expect that at all. I'm not going to lie. It's low-key. Um, it reminds me of this phrase that people say where basically if you mention a gun or you bring up a gun or you see a gun in the beginning of the movie, it's going to be brought up at the end or it's going to be shot. I don't remember the mm-hmm. exact phrasing of the of the like quote or whatever or the metaphor analogy, but it reminds me of the beginning of the season where Carmen was like, you guys need to sharpen your knives. And then... <laughs> And then our girl, oh, yes, I did not think of it like that. <laughs> is walking around with a knife, and then she accidentally stabs him right in the butt. And oh, it's, oh my god, that's crazy! It was, it's crazy, but it's so raw. Like that episode is full of so much passion, and I feel like that's the one thing the show gets so well is giving you like accurate depictions of what it's like to work in a restaurant, to work in these like culinary spaces and the dialogue it's not perfect it doesn't have to be so well defined and perfectly crafted like you're watching it and you're seeing the mayhem unfold and to catch it in a single shot without doing a hard cut or an edit and just like watching everything unfold in its climax is so it's it's so it's good it's good it's so but it's good it's so good It's, it's it's different from anything that you're watching on tv right now Oh. Yeah, I I mean I loved it. I enjoyed it, and I feel like when episode eight came out, I was like, "Girl, how are we gonna follow this up? How are we gonna do this?" <laughs> it's, it's it's the cool down. It's the cool down. <laughs> I was like, just like, "Girl, I thought we was done. We in the denouement for real." <laughs> the yeah. story continues. It does, and I was actually surprised when Sydney came back because I thought yeah. she was done for real. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I want to say Marcus is such an underrated character, and I'm so oh, I love him. I'm so glad he gets more screen time in season two because yeah, he's true. There's more development on him. Yes, mm-hmm. he's my favorite. I love him so much. Oh my gosh! Also, I was watching the show and I saw Marcus, and I was like. I know him from somewhere. I've seen him somewhere. And I remember he's on the Loiter Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever seen Loiter Squad? Have you ever watched that? I, I've i seen clips, but I haven't seen all, any like episode. Okay. I used to watch that back in my, um, my Boondocks uh, adult chicken Family Guy, American Dad. Face. Adult chicken, you mean robot chicken? <laughs> oh my god! Did I say adult chicken? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Okay. So, season two. Okay, season one ends with the episode. I don't know how to say this. Bra, chole. Bra- I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it either. <laughs> and Bra- I- Bar- Bracciole. Bracciole. I don't know. Yeah. But I do want to say shout out to Jeremy Allen White for giving a seven 
minute monologue. Homeboy said, listen, when if you're a theater kid and you've done auditions, you know they ask for 30 seconds to a minute. Monologue. Yes. Yeah. He said, no, nah, girl. We're here to tell it's, a story. We're here to trauma dump. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. And did he ever? And I'm not going to lie. Of course, like, <laughs> it's going to happen at the last episode. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's what is going to happen. And also, like, we're watching the show. And of course, you know something happened to his brother. But nobody really yeah. knows, like, what happened. I don't know if they... I don't know. Maybe I missed this when I first watched the show. And I think I missed this on my second watch, too. But he only mentions this in the last episode. Right? That what? his brother took his own life. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, vaguely implied that he passed away, but not how. Yes. Yeah. Um, but last episode truly is the heart of the bear. Mm-hmm. Because... And I think it brings the next season forward. Yes, it does. It does bring the next season forward. And I enjoyed it so much because I remember finishing season one and I was like, I can't wait more than a year for this show. Like, I, I, will, be, <laughs> I will be feeding. I will be. <laughs> I'll be I will be. Mind. I will be sat. Yes. I will be sat. I will be ready. And I remember when, like, the first premiere date was announced, I was like, oh, girl, it's over. It's over. It's done. And I remember when it was first, like, on Hulu, because they put the full season on Hulu, and I think they aired them weekly on FX. I remember when it was first on Hulu, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to watch it so badly, but I can't. But I want to watch it, because I have to know what happened. Because let me tell you something. Them bringing up spaghetti the entire season, I started to get pissed off. Because I was like, what is up with the spaghetti? What's in the spaghetti? What do you want the spaghetti for so badly? And then next thing you know, there's money in the sauce. It's in the sauce. It's in the sauce. It's in the sauce, sauce. Oh my gosh. But um, overall, season one with the bear. Oh, girl, they couldn't like. It's iconic. It's good. You couldn't have written a better season. And I like the bear to me. The bear is my godfather, okay? I'm going to say that right now. It's like, <laughs> I will take this to my grave. I will say it as long as I... Like, this is one of the best shows that has premiered. In it's the one of the best new shows. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I can't say any more good things about it, really. Like, I also love the scene with Marcus and Sid, and they're at her mm-hmm. apartment, and... My heart warms because, like, Marcus throughout the whole first season has been, like, on his, his, like, pastry journey. He's been doing the I want to try doing this, yeah. He's been doing the donuts, and I'm just so proud of him, and I'm so happy for him, and he's so excited about it because he gets to be creative and do something different. And I felt so bad when, like, literally Carmi just, like, went off on him in his face, and then he eats the literally the donut on the floor, and realize it's just like how badly he screwed up. And I'm not gonna lie, when Carmen was getting in Marcus's face, I was so ready to be like, You ever see that meme with Kevin Hart where the woman's holding him and she's like shielding him and she's pointing at the person's face? Have you seen um, that meme? I think I have. <laughs> okay. I have to like hold on. You have, to, Kevin... you have to send it to me. <laughs> Kevin Hart yep. being 
held meme. I have to, yeah. Oh, it's like the I'm I'm watching you, like I'm keeping an eye on you. Is it that type of meme? Yeah, I'm about to send it to you right now because I need you to see it. I need you to see what I see. But um, what was your favorite? We need a we need a visual. Yes, we need a visual. <laughs> what was your favorite uh, part of season one before we go into season two? Season one, it still has to be like review, like the whole like one shot. Of the orders coming in and then like everything all the chaos is ensuing um it has to be that yeah i i seen the i'm looking at the meme now yeah i i've seen it yes <laughs> <laughs> that's literally me with marcus straight up i'm just like you better watch, watch carmen all right don't that's, miss me that's dessert that's dessert bay yes that's dessert baker bay, bay. Yes. baker oh, bay, baker bay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true oh, gosh love him so much love him down also him and sid having like a little heart to heart in the kitchen i was watching uh -huh. it and i was like you see because those characters haven't really interacted all season uh -huh. it's only been like so so interactions uh -huh. you know but having them like sit down with one another and kind of like reflect on their journeys and how they got there because sid is working at the bear or like no she's working at um the original beef because it's her father's favorite restaurant and she wants to like mm -hmm. help the beef you know become better that's what she wants and yeah of course marcus he wants something different he wants something new and he loves working there and oh my gosh what a wonderful what a wonderful wonderful man yeah the only man <laughs> you would tolerate. <laughs> <laughs> the only one. The only one. And of course, Carmi like apologizes to Marcus, which, yes, I'm very happy that he did it. And then last episode, when that fire breaks out on the stove, me, low-key, I was kind of like, this isn't happening, right? Like, this isn't happening again. It's mm -hmm. not like he literally burned out the other restaurant he's working at and now this one too. Everyone puts it out. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes, it did happen. And I feel like that was kind of a... Um, I don't know if it was like... I think it's foreshadowing. Like seeing how Carmen was reacting to the fire in that moment. Because he can react well when he has to clean up other people's messes. But when it's his own mess or he feels like, he feels like he's at fault, he like freezes. He's paralyzed. Like he can't, find, <laughs> he can't find a way to like problem solve out of his own BS. And I really think that, uh, I, I mean, I feel like that was kind of like the writer's way of showing it. The writers, the writers were kind of be like, listen, this guy, he is in over his head. All right. Uh, at any sign of trouble, he will lose it, which is why he needs his team with him. Mm -hmm. And I am glad that, um, Sid came back. I'm surprised that she came back, but I'm glad she came back because, you know, she's the bestie and, you know, we love to see it. We enjoy it. We love her. Queen, we stand. And the money, I'm not going to lie, when that money came into play, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly the break that they needed. But of course, in season <laughs> two, you realize that more money means more problems. Yeah. Yes. What an investment for them indeed. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to lie, watching season two and just seeing straight out from the gate, we're just going into it like, ooh, girl, 
there's so much here and I am seated. I'm also glad that the sister is in the show a lot more because mm-hmm. I do enjoy her as a character and excuse me. I feel like the season two, them having like characters having their own episodes and us getting to know them a little bit more and like diving deeper into their stories. I enjoy it. You know? Yeah. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think the sister grew on me more in season two than season one. Did you not like her? Uh, I was like, I didn't have, I was very like neutral about her. Like I didn't like care as much, but then like starting in season two, when she became more involved with like the restaurant development, then that's when I cared a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah. I'm glad that she became a lot more involved because it makes sense to have her involved in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, she's definitely a central part of the family, and she mm-hmm. has to help. She wants to help them. Oh, excuse me. She wants to help them, like, you know, become a successful business. You know? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay, so we're in season two now. Yeah, the one I remember more because I watched it this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, I feel like I lived, like, five lifetimes since I finished season two. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) Because when did it premiere? Like, middle of June? Uh, It was near the end of June, I believe. Near the end of June. They all dropped at the same time, like, every episode. Yes. Yeah. I remember watching like the first half at home and then I had to go to LA in for Fourth of July weekend, so I had to download the other half. Oh my and God. then I had to watch it on my flight. <laughs> but ooh, I was getting emotional in that plane ride with one of the episodes, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, um going into season two, I was kinda like, man. This is going to, this is going to, this is not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be easy. And of course I was excited, but at the same time it's like, ooh. Because there are some episodes, I feel like because we've already watched season one, you already kind of know. Mm-hmm. You got to pick up on mm-hmm. like, the little things. And when you get to, especially like the Christmas episode, Seven Fishes, yeah, oh, that that was the one I was like watching on my flight to LA. Mm-hmm. I was going crazy. I was like sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, well, I wasn't sobbing, but I was like, I was shook. Yes. I was like, please do not perceive me in this plane flight attendants. Give me my snacks and move on. <laughs> I'm also really glad that we got to see more of. Crap, what's the guy's name who plays Michael? The actor's name. Uh, John Berthenol. John, yes. John Berth- yeah, Berth- John Berthenol. Yeah, John Berthenol. Yeah, I met him. <laughs> oh my gosh, you met him? What was that like? I, I met him for at a convention like last year. He, uh, for like a photo op. Uh-huh. Uh, oh. Our interaction lasted like two seconds. I was like, hey, what's up? And then he's like, hey, how are you? And then... We took a picture and then we left, and then I had to leave. So, of course. <laughs> so 
but I have a picture. So. <laughs> you have the proof. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm glad there's a little bit of bored of him in this season. Yeah. Like, especially Christmas. Oh, yeah, especially in the, the Christmas, Christmas episode. Song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, because, like, season one, I was drawn to, obviously, Jeremy Allen White, but also John Berthnall, because mm-hmm. I loved The Punisher. Like, Oh, yeah, that's a good show. That was such a good show. Of course, it could have been better, and I know... Could have like, better. I, I know a season two would have made up for the season one. Like, that mm-hmm. literally... If your season, if the season, if they listen, if you have a TV show, right, you're releasing it mm-hmm. out there for people to watch. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. You want to fix season one? Let me one? tell you something. Let me tell you something. You want to fix season one? Just make a season two, girl. Just just clean it up in a season two. You explain everything in That's there. All. You expand That's the story. All. You learn a little bit more about the characters. You carry on the story. And then, boom, I get more content. Because that's what I need. Content, okay? Every season Good one content. has to have a season Good two. Content. Yes. And then you got to bring in a season three, baby. You got to bring in something else, you know? Cause... <laughs> <That's so nice. laughs> I, it's sounding like you want, like, seasons of everything. Like, uh, no, no show deserves to end. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There are some shows that only require one season. Like, Watchmen, that's a one-season show. It only needed one season. Because if you watch that show, watch yeah, that show it makes a... It makes sense. Yeah. Watching that <laughs> show, there are like a hundred seasons in that one season. You watch season one, if you watch the first episode, you have no idea what's going on. Girl, you gotta watch like three hours of YouTube videos just so you can understand the background to understand oh what's gosh. actually happening <laughs> in the show. Let me tell you something, girl. When they say who watches the watchers, I was like, who? Who does who? it? Who? Who? Who are they? <laughs> Who are the watchers? <laughs> what? Yeah. Another the owls. Show, the owls. The owls. <laughs> the owls. Also, another show I think only needed one season was um, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yeah. That show needed one season. <laughs> and it just, listen, we could just wrap it up with the car ride into the sunset and left it at that. There was nothing else to go into. And even after, even past season two, y'all were doing a lot. Like, truly, mm-hmm. too much was going on. It went from Hannah to Bryce to, like, paranormal stuff to, I don't know what else is happening. But like, I did not want to watch any more of that. <laughs> That's also, like, that show is, like, really triggering for a lot of people. So don't, why would you even oh, yeah. want to? Absolutely. Absolutely it was. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, like, when the show first came out and I saw that Selena Gomez was an executive producer, I was like, girl, I was really trying to be like, what does an executive producer do? Because she cannot have her hands in this mess. Like, she really can't uh, be on sidelines I, and, like... I think she basically funded it, but I don't know if she has, like, any creative control. <laughs> okay. Alright. Yeah, so... Because I'm more than happy to put all the blame on the writers for that show because it was a hot mess it really like season one was all you needed i didn't even like season one and most people were okay with season one most people could sit through that you know season two that's mm-hmm. when it really went downhill mm-hmm. 
they got a, they thought they got away with it. They thought they were good. Y'all thought you could skate by with an 80% of Rotten Tomatoes and then you got hit with the 20%. Mm-hmm. And then what? And then what? And then what? And then what are you going to do? Just make it worse, which is exactly what they did. Oh, my gosh. And I feel bad because, like, Catherine Langford, I'm sure she's a great actress. I'm sure she's a very good actress. But yeah. I can't see her at anything else without thinking of that show. I can't. Yeah. I, I, I can't see her, like, I see her and I'm just like, ooh, girl. Oh, look, it's Hannah Baker. Oh, no, it's not Hannah Baker. Uh, not Hannah Baker. No. Remember that, um, what was it? The When they were doing the Try Not to Laugh and then Shane came out. He was like, Hannah Baker, give me one reason why you should have be granted. Hannah Baker, give me two reasons why. Hannah Baker, give me 13 reasons why. Do you remember that bit? I think I remember it. Okay. That's been a while. <laughs> okay. I only remembered it vaguely, and I just thought of it now, and I was like, oh, Lord. Also, the whole premise of 13 Reasons Why is incredibly problematic, because what mm-hmm. is it that a classmate of yours takes her own life, and then y'all have, like, a box of tapes containing messages yes. as to why she took her own life? Go to the cops. Go yeah, to the why? Go. Like, and, like, people want to, everyone's, like, pointing the finger. Well, every... I'm just like, that's the worst part of the show. It's like, y'all turned it into pretty little liars, okay? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Everybody was like, I hate Hannah. I hate Hannah. She's dead. She's not here anymore. You're yeah, just upset because she's exposing your secrets. Also, I just want to say, like, as someone who has had to, like, deal with um, depression and mental illness mm-hmm. and has had to, like, overcome that at, for most of my life, I... Yeah. I don't know, not Nan, not Nan, not a single person who has also had to deal with that struggle and thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put the blame on all the other people in my life and make them feel terrible after I take my own life as some kind of revenge plot. As oh, yeah, it's, it's so bad. <laughs> can we please, can we please be so serious? Can we please, please, like, please. And the episode, also the show did not need 13 episodes in one season. Y'all mm-hmm. kept it at seven. I know there are seven tapes <laughs> in that box. Kept it at seven. There are seven tapes in that could. box. Wrap it up. Keep wrap it, it short. up. Wrap it up. We don't need it. We don't need it. No, we don't. And I also was watching season one, and I was like, I don't know how much more I could take of this show. Like, I need this to like be done. I need this to be over. I need him to get to the end of these tapes. I need him to talk to the cops. I need him to do something. Like, it's too much. <laughs> Also, all these kids are terrible people. How are all of you? How have you all done such horrible things to this one girl? What did she ever do to you? She she hit a guy. She hit an old man. She got a letter exposed in the paper. A dude groped her. And then she watched another girl get assaulted. Like, how is all this happening to one girl? I mean, I don't want to speak to anyone else's high school experience. But it's just like, there's a lot going on. And both her parents are therapists at that. Yeah. At that. No. How actually, are you not seeing the signs? Also, no, her parents were therapists. It was um Clay. Clay's parents are therapists. Oh. Yeah. But I digress. Um I'm glad it's off the air. 
I'm also glad that <laughs> Dylan Manette is fully just like, he's like, I've never been on that show before. I don't know what that show is. I'm a singer. <laughs> I have a band. Everyone stream wallows. Like he literally, like he doesn't care. He's like, I'm good. 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 <laughs> yes. I also love Wallows. It's one of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah. It's I so think good. they were at Lala one time. but. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want to see them live so badly. They're so much fun. Come on. My favorite group of white boys. Look at them. So cute. Mm-hmm. Yes. Excuse me. Okay. We've okay, got... back to the bear. Back, back to... to the bear. Back to the bear. Back to the bear. Okay, so we're just gonna go beat by beat, cause this this season actually has like two extra episodes, which I was surprised mm-hmm. by, but I'm not upset at because you know more content for me. Thank you. Of course, of course. <laughs> Love. Uh, okay, so you know you start off the season with them developing a menu for the bear. They bring Natalie in as a project manager, of course, and mm-hmm. essentially they have to pay back they need additional money right so they ask their uncle cicero for a loan mm-hmm. and he agrees but he basically says that if you don't pay it back within 18 months then it's his like he's taking it and they plan an opening in three months and right there i'm just like stop don't do this to me don't do this to me don't hatch these crazy plans like what is this what kind of timeline are we on Three months to not put up a, a restaurant? That's stressful. It I... is. And it's even like harder when you see Sydney like talking to her other friends who are also working restaurants and then you realize like those mm-hmm. restaurants are starting to close down and you can mm-hmm. just feel the pressure that they're under. You can feel yeah. the stress and the anxiety. Like it's not just in the kitchen anymore. It's bigger now. Because now Yeah, we, it's it's based on everything else, like yes. location and are people willing to go out to eat, mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. And like growing up in Chicago, like restaurants come and go all the time. And that's why, like, if someone says it's good, uh, you got to try it because you don't know how long it'll, it's going to last because um, obviously rent in the Chicago is just as expensive as New York or getting there. So... Yeah, like, I frequent downtown a lot, and, like, you can see a lot of, like, vacant vacant spaces or places closing down, and, like, it's it's pretty real. Like, you, it can get sad because, like, not, uh, the rent or the profit doesn't match up with, like, the customer base. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, business jargon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it it's real. Like, so if if you see a TikTok, if you see an Instagram post about this one restaurant in the city, I say go to it. Like, make time to go to it because you don't know. It could be their last year there. You you never know. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. Um, yeah, that is amazing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not amazing, but like, it's good to have that kind of background knowledge. When it comes mm-hmm. to the show, because it is set in Chicago, and that just mm-hmm. makes so much sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Behind, yeah. So, know. yeah, and like our restaurant scenes are, is really good. Like I, uh, 
my favorite episode is the one that you just mentioned where Sydney goes around and talks to her uh, chef friends uh, advice on like what it takes to open up a restaurant and like the places that they filmed that those are real Chicago restaurants and uh, that was like my favorite episode because it, it lists all the places that like I want to try and mm-hmm. or other places that I've been to so yeah it's it's so good like I, if you ever come here please <laughs> I let me know. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love getting the little like bit of, you know, real life knowledge and like real life yeah. application in the show. That yeah. makes the show stand out so much because it's just so yeah. it's like it's not even like it's a show. You're like watching a little bit mm-hmm. of someone's life. Yeah. Uh one of the one of the restaurants that they filmed at was Kasama. Like I think you remember that that in that episode where uh Carmi Carmi told Sydney, like, hey, meet me at Kasama. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna debrief. That's a real restaurant. That's a real restaurant name. Um, mm-hmm. that's the Filipino Michelin star restaurant in one of our neighborhoods, Ukrainian village. Mm-hmm. Every weekend, every weekend, and I, probably thanks to the bear, every weekend there's lines of like spanning like two blocks around the corner. It's mm-hmm. it's insane. I d- <laughs> I haven't been there on a weekend yet because I know the lines are so long. I love that. Oh, and that's yeah. so much fun too, because you see it on TikTok all the time, especially with um, the one food reviewer Keith, where mm-hmm. people they'll review like um, a restaurant's, you know, the food on the restaurant's menu, especially if they're like a small business or maybe they're mm-hmm. having some financial struggles, and like that mm-hmm. one little spark, social media will bring them a lot more business, and that's something that I enjoy. Like those are my favorite stories to see. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I'm also glad that The Bear is a show that, of course, has, like, this huge focus on, like, food and culinary cuisine and mm-hmm. them filming, like, actual restaurants that people can go and visit at. Mm-hmm. That makes me so happy. I'd love to see Yeah. It. I think it's so great. Any of, like, the transition shots where they show the Chicago trains, I'm like, yeah, that's my train. I take that, like, almost every week. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, I like, I like to treat the bear as, like, a love letter to to Chicago and the culinary scene in Chicago. It's, it's really good. That's great. I don't think a lot of people talk about the culinary scene in Chicago that much. I mean, I feel like maybe they do, but when we think about... Hmm? I think it's really good. Like, it's award-winning. No, I know it's great. I know, I know. like, for me, when I would watch, like, cooking shows, you know, people always talk about, like, Italy, France. Mm -hmm. They talk Mm -hmm. about, like, New York. And, of course, Mm -hmm. like, the big major cities. And Chicago is this place that has a lot of, like, positive and negative connotations to it. But overall... Mm -hmm. I love seeing the culinary side of the city and to see it mm-hmm. through a show that is already takes pride in being as authentic as it can be and immersing the viewers into the, like the experience of like the food and the cooking and the prep work and how they make it. Like mm-hmm. Sydney making that omelet. I watch her make the omelet yeah. in my head. I'm like, girl, that is so simple. And I've seen yeah. countless videos of people remaking it. On TikTok. Mm-hmm. Countless. Oh, wow. It's 
It's vintage. it's literally just an om- an omelet with like what cheese and like potato chips crushed on top and green onions on top of and it green onions. Well. Yes, and I want to make it so badly, but in my head I'm kind of like, bro, I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't want to mess it up though, because if I'm gonna make yeah. it, I'm gonna make it exactly like she makes it. <laughs> yeah, and like was the orange juice with like guava she like fused two drinks with o- oj like it was oj and something else i forgot oh yeah and she loved it and then you know mm-hmm. our girl the project manager she loved it and that made me so happy when she liked mm-hmm. the food because she just made her like a really quick meal she's like what do you want she's like an omelet it's like i'm gonna make you the best omelet yeah ever. and she did yeah yeah i call some that was so sweet. I loved it. I mean, she's being nice, but she's pregnant. So, <laughs> spoiler, she's pregnant. Ooh. Not not Sydney, but <laughs> no, not Sydney. The project manager, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the project manager. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gosh, and I also love the scenery in the show. The cinematography, like the show, is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. I mean, it's... it's you love the city all over again when you watch it. And for me, as a Chicagoan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is unbelievable. It's absolutely amazing. Also, I think the show, like, the bear, are the episodes usually an hour long? Or are they They're like... half an hour. Okay, they usually are half an hour, but the, um, the Christmas episode was an hour long. And... It was, like, almost, yeah. Like, some episodes in that season were an hour long yeah they're a little bit longer than the other ones yeah i remember watching it and just being like this is going on a lot longer than i thought it was like there's a lot going on here we are going through a lot of story in this season i mean especially Mm. in the episode with you know the the christmas episode which was yeah so much fun and i think that the christmas episode um it Uh, kind of it like, it's iconic. It's <laughs> iconic. And it also hits on like one of my like little pet peeves that I have sometimes where you will see or a project where all these big names are signed onto it. And immediately my thought process is either this is gonna be amazing, it's gonna be absolutely phenomenal, like the knives out movies, or this is gonna be mm-hmm. terrible, like Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah. with, with the bear, I knew it wasn't going to be bad. I was just kind of interested to see how it all come together. And I think it worked really well because all a lot of, all the actors are basically comedic actors, except for Sarah Paulson. I would say she falls more into the drama category, for me at least, from what I've seen her in. Yeah. But they all carried that episode so well. And Jamie Lee Curtis, girl, listen, I love you, Jamie. I love you down. Okay, should you have won that Oscar over Stephanie? No, but no. you really did kill it in that episode. No, no, she did not deserve that Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> but she does deserve an Emmy for this episode. I will say that. Yes, she does. All right, all right, Joe. What is um? What are some things that you love about season two of The Bear? Um, outside of the, f- outside of the um the obvious Chicago restaurant representation. Uh, I love the growth that each like staff member had 
the season, like they were developing really well. So like uh Marcus going to Copenhagen, yes. learning under Luca. Uh Luca, yeah, uh, Will Poulter's character, yes. another guest star. Uh, he he was learning how to make desserts, like high end desserts in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tina, Tina, and the other guy, they went to Ibra. Uh, Ibra, yeah, they went to cooking school. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everyone was developing really well. Um, cousin uh, Richie went to do some staging at. Ever one of the three Michelin star restaurants here. That's also a real restaurant, and reservations are hard to get in. <laughs> also, yep. I want to say that episode was so good because oh Richie... my god, it was one of my favorites. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and I love how like Sydney and Carmi see the different skills that every mm-hmm. um, everyone needs to work on, and they every, all the skills they want people to work on, and they set mm-hmm. them. To get the proper training because yeah if your crew if your team is getting the training in and the workouts in that they need to get in then you can carry yourself as a team better because you're better equipped mm-hmm. and better prepared for what's coming and yeah it I'm makes not... sense to send tina and ibra to culinary school like ibra feeling kind of like hesitant to go to culinary school i can understand because you know he's a bit mm-hmm. of an old soul like an old dog can't learn new tricks and then sending marcus to copenhagen i was like oh we got money money now they got money money we got budget we got a budget okay (laughs) let's go and um when they're sending richie to um ever oh my gosh i'm not gonna lie i was kind of sitting there and i was like don't fuck don't mess this up man yeah, that's a real restaurant. I wanna, I'm gonna look up like how much a meal is right now. And you could tell like he was kind of like skeptical about being mm-hmm. there, and he didn't want. Obviously, he didn't want to wake up super early just to clean for- forks, you know. But then, yeah, he saw how dedicated everyone was to a good service and how much effort yeah. they put into like put making it, and. I, oh my gosh, I love the episode so much because all the actors that um, Richie, that he's working with in that episode, they're all like smaller comedic actors, I noticed. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like, I recognize a couple of people in the episode, but Richie, he just like comes together and it was, it was actually like pretty inspiring. You know, yeah, because I just want you just want Richie to just like do well, yeah, and you want him to like rise to the occasion. And it reminded me of this scene when he's in the car with Sydney, and you could tell like they're just annoyed with each other. And, um, what is it? Um, when he call when his wife calls him and says that you know, his daughter. She's having a rough time. She's having a bad day. And they talk to each other. And he's like so tender and sweet. And usually he's really brash and like loud in your face in the episode. But this is one of the calmer moments you see Richie. So to also have him in this episode where he literally has like take the time to adjust and understand what's going on in this restaurant. Why he's here. Why he's placed in this um, environment 
that he's not comfortable in. He definitely feels like a fish out of water, but it's such a good episode because he really just has to like sit back and see what everyone is doing, see like the environment, the fragile ecosystem that they have built in this restaurant and how deeply they mm-hmm. work together to build something. And it just mm-hmm. shows him that like, he's really just trying to learn the value of hospitality. Like he's trying yeah. to see, you know, how everything is being constructed as like uh, dinner service is supposed to go and simply mm-hmm. just how to be like a lot more present and, you know, just have a lot more attention in his day. And it makes me happy. And also the Taylor Swift song at the end was so yes, good to me. Yes. yes. I'm like a full blown Swifty. Oh so I know. And the fact that like his daughter is like a Swifty and they tried to like get tickets, like the fact that like it's so relevant and, uh, it's so good. It was, and the fact that they use Taylor's version in in the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I, it's good. It's so good. I love this episode, and I think it's great for Rich's character overall. overall because um, watching this season, watching season one, you're waiting for things to go wrong. You're waiting for things to collapse. You're waiting for the chaos to ensue. You're waiting to be overwhelmed. And in season two, of course there's chaos. And of course it's overwhelming. Like they're trying to open up a restaurant in like three months. But I'm glad that we have the Copenhagen episode. And then like the fish. um, Was it the Forks episode with Richie? And then the episode where Tina does uh, uh, karaoke. I love that we have Mm -hmm. those little breathers in this season. Yeah. So that we can get get to know the characters a little bit more. And yeah. spend more time with them. I really love it. Uh, hate also, to cut our time short, but uh, I have about like maybe 15 more minutes in me. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say real quick I do ship Richie and Chef Just together. I thought they were kind of. I, I could see she was making eyes at him, and I was like, girl, but oh, yeah. <laughs> but I make a comeback. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So cute. Okay. Um, was there anything else that you absolutely love about season two of The Bear? Let me let me review. Let me check my notes. I mean, the omelet scene was really good. Oh, I think so sweet. Um, in the last episode, uh, the way they shot uh, the transition between uh, the, the front of house and the back of house, like that was like, it was like day one, like their friends and family event and you can feel the tension like you when you when the camera goes to the back kitchen like it, the music changes the vibe changes like you can feel the stress that everyone's in and then when the camera like goes back to the front of the room it's like all chill and nice and fancy like fancy restaurant vibes and all that good stuff and then it goes back to the back kitchen and then it's like chaos again so like it's like i feel like that episode's trying to replicate what uh, the review episode in season one, uh, it's it's trying to replicate that type of energy, but this time the stakes are even higher because there's actual people at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I do also have notes as well, but you can um, go first. What other notes? <laughs> I have, I basically like took notes while I was watching the show. So these are really mm-hmm. just like my eye, like my notes of like oh. watching it. Um, first note mm-hmm. is Sid and Marcus and game. Okay. Period. Sid Marcus. I think 
Wait, did you notice? Like, I think it was either the last episode mm-hmm. or the omelet episode, like where they were going, they were having a staff meeting, and then uh, Sid and Marcus were like very late. Mm-hmm. Was it implied that they hooked up, like in in like the closet or something? Because <laughs> like I was a little confused because. They were having... Do you remember that episode? Before they opened, they had a staff meeting. Uh-huh. And no. then... Sydney and Marcus, they they showed up late. Like, very late. Like, the meeting was already started. And then... Uh, yeah, I think they hooked up. Like, it, it was like an off-screen... It was, like, implied that they hooked up because they were very late. Oh, my gosh. I think that... Do you remember... Was- Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, listen. I feel like And that's that why is... in <laughs> Go ahead. In the Go following ahead. episode where like Sydney was like completely ignoring Marcus. Like he was like there was like this like weird vent there was this weird energy between the two. Yes. When they were going through the soft opening. So Yeah. So I think they hooked up like like either in that episode or before the episode, like right before that staff meeting. Like, I don't know. Go back to go back okay. to that episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. So you're talking about omelet, right? Episode nine. Yes. Okay. Or yes, I... like right, like it was like the staff meeting, and then yeah, because at the end of that episode, they opened their doors. So, and then that led into the final episode. Okay. So. So it had to be the omelet episode. <laughs> okay. All right. So. What I remember from the episode was that he kind of tried to ask her out. Yeah. He tried to hit on her, basically. Yeah. And then it didn't work out, essentially. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people um, assumed or, like, made, like, yeah, made the assumption that they made out or, like, they hooked up. Or, like, up. they hooked up at some, at some point. Like, yeah. off screen. <laughs> yeah. But Loki, I think that... Um, Let's see. I don't know. I don't think they did. Because I think they did. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. I don't think they did. Because Sid has been focused on the restaurant this whole time. Okay? Yeah. Sid has crazy yeah. determination. And you're seeing her go on this uh, journey to understand food. And she has all this hopefulness to be better. And because mm-hmm. she's so immersed in her journey towards being a better chef, I don't really think mm-hmm. that she has the time for lack of a better word, distractions. And that's the difference between Sid and Carmi. Because Carmi has a full-blown girlfriend, which is what is distracting him from the restaurant. And Marcus, who's right there and has a crush on Sid, and we all know this, he likes her and he wants yeah. to ask her out. And yes, he asked her out. And yes, yeah. it was awkward. And it made things weird. But he understands yeah. that she's in it. Like, she's in this. And Marcus He's has in to it. But in maybe, she, too. maybe she needed, like, Maybe she needed like just like a release, like a release, and she used like Marcus for it, and then she like, went back no, to focus. <laughs> no, I think that if Marcus and Sydney were to hook up, they would show us. They wouldn't hide it for what? Like for what? <laughs> I, would, I don't think they yeah. would. The theory. Yeah. That, that's my head now. That's my head I think they did hook up. <laughs> I don't think they hooked up, but I do think that they will. You know. They'll, they'll try again next season. <laughs> I mean, we'll see if it works out or not because they had three months to open and, you know, the whole, like, 
The mantra from season one was for let it rip. And now the mantra for season two is every second counts. <laughs> like, I don't think she has any time to really be distracted. You know? Yeah, that's what I want to say. Oh okay. Gosh, I, was... <laughs> I was sorry. I like that derailed was... you from your notes. No, no, that was that was part of my notes actually. That was <laughs> in my notes. So Yes. Um let's see. Oh, wait a minute. Gillian Anderson was in the show. Do you remember that? Yeah. Which episode was she in? Because it's in my notes, but it's like it's just kind of thrown in there. It's like, can I see more of Gillian Anderson, please? And I have no context for it. <laughs> Where's Gillian Anderson in the show? Do you remember? I'll have to do some Googles real quick. Figure that out. Gillian Anderson. Where was she? She was like there for like a split second. Yeah. Or um Olivia Coleman was in there for the for the Richie episode. Yeah. So why never Gillian Anderson? What about that? Where was she? I don't know. She wasn't even in the show. I'm looking at her IMDb. She's not even there. <laughs> okay, maybe you got your notes mixed up. Maybe I did. Or maybe it was like a cameo. Hold on. No. Gillian Anderson, the bear. Okay, no, she wasn't in the bear. Never mind. Okay. There's literally notes. nothing. There's, the notes are wrong. Oh, it was Gillian Jacobs. My bad. Okay. It was Gillian Jacobs. That's what I meant. The, the celebrity. From, yes. <laughs> the girl from Community. Oh, my gosh. Love her. Also, I feel like she... I kind of do want her to be a part of the show. Like, part of the cast. Maybe that would feel a little bit too much like a community reunion because Joel McHale is already, like, you know, the mm -hmm. ex-boss. But I feel like mm -hmm. she would definitely fit in the show, you know. I don't think that would be that hard. I know, like, maybe, maybe not, but... Uh... I love her. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, I forgot them mentioning that Marcus and his mom is sick. Question. Oh, yeah. That was, like, the, how they started the season. Question. Did the mom pass away? I don't think so yet. Okay. <gasps> oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. That was the last episode. The last episode. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Something always goes wrong. Gosh. This show is truly is a metaphor for life, if you think about it. Yeah. Like, you can't have everything under control. Yeah. You can't. You truly cannot. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, about five minutes left for me. Okay. Uh, I do want to say, when uh, Carmi looked at Sydney and, and he said, you deserve my full focus. You are not alone. I straight up was like, okay, now I see what they say. Why, no, are you I, no, <laughs> why are you lying? Why are you lying? I get it. I get it. Like, Sina Carmi, I see why y'all say it's endgame, but, like, it's not. He literally has a girlfriend. And then when Sid met his girlfriend, she wasn't upset yeah. that he had a girlfriend. She was just upset that she could see the little distraction he had. You were seeking yeah. a relationship. 
you created a new mm-hmm. relationship when you're supposed to be working on this one right here. Yeah. This relationship is tied to your business that you got mm-hmm. from your dead brother. And if this fails, we're screwed. She yeah. Everything into this. And you're not. You could even call the fridge guy. And then there you go. Get locked in the fridge for the whole first night of your service. That like, sucks. I mean, everything kinda, bad happens to him. I mean, listen, he kind of got what he he kind of got what he deserved. All right, you weren't putting in your all, and you weren't going to be a key player, and everyone else was putting in whatever they needed to put in, and they rose to the occasion, and they got what they needed to get. And so did Richie. A shout out to Richie for manning up and taking care of that service like a man. We love to see it. Come on, King. Yes, overall, the bear loved the show. Love it down. Yeah. Um, definitely something I highly recommend watching. I do recommend it. Yes. Yeah, if you have Hulu, and obviously there's not going to be a lot of new new shows, thanks to the strikes. Yes. If The Bear is worth watching or adding to your backlog, because it's, it has everything. <laughs> it's like the type of drama you like. Um, especially for me as a Chicagoan. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love it. It's a love letter to Chicago and our culinary world, and yeah, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, Monica, can I ask like what made you decide to like ask me for the bear episode specifically? Okay, I saw you talking about the bear on okay. online, yeah. and I was like, I need someone to come on to the bear, and I also wanted someone new on the podcast. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, is that a lot of times I have people on the pod who kind of already do this already, like they do podcasts, but I mm-hmm. like to have new people on, namely like my friends on the show, mm-hmm. because everybody wants to talk about the shows that they like. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to like just spend a couple of uh, minutes or an hour or so talking to their friends about something that they watched, that they enjoyed, that was a lot of fun. And I like doing that with my buds, you know, with my people online. And so that's what I wanted to, you know, that's why I wanted you to have you on. Because it's fun to switch it up a little bit. And also, I haven't talked, I don't think we've ever spoken, to be honest. Yeah, we haven't really (laughs) spoken, that's like, not through texts. (laughs) Or tweets. I only kind of know you through our other, like, internet friends. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of, I was like curious because I see you talking about movies and TV shows on Twitter. I see that you're yeah. interested in like nerd stuff. And I was like, he'll be yeah. a good um, guest. Oh, nice. On. Nice. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, if he's into it, that's cool. If he's not, then like, that's fine as well. But I'm glad that you said yes. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yes. Also, we can't. Uh, end... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, we can't end this episode without talking about the bear memes on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the memes. Oh my! I god. love the memes. Oh my god, I love, I love the one where it's like, it's Carmi in like his white white chef outfit, and he has and he's like crossed arm, and it's like a blurry photo, mm-hmm. and people use that. Like, I love that's the tweet that's like, oh, I just, I I made myself a pb and j but i added an extra layer of pb and it's like and it's the the react photo was just hit the car me and it's like making it seem like it's high end 
cookie. Yes. <laughs> or like the shrimp that fried the rice. Yes. <laughs> One thing that I have seen a lot in terms of like the bear memes is um what is it? What is it? What is it? When um, Carmi is season one, he's sitting outside, he's holding the cup of water, and he's like staring yeah. at Sydney with like yeah. so much desperation. <laughs> I need you to stay. And everyone who's applied to it is like, if a man looked at me that way, I would crumble. Like, I would <laughs> fall. And I was just looking at this, I was like, y'all are doing a lot right now. Like, <laughs> what's happening? Yes. I mean, I, I there are a number of memes that I've seen online. Like, one says, when Carmi's, like, freaking out, or when he's, like... Yeah. Like, when um he's on the floor, and he's, like, scrubbing the floor with a toothbrush. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw this, like, caption that was, like, his clear mental health issues and swagless breakdowns have captivated me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like y'all need help. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like seriously, what's happening? Yeah. Yes. What is going on? I don't think y'all are okay. Especially this guy. This guy is not okay. Yeah. I mean most of the memes I've seen are um on Tumblr. Like there's oh, one, okay. this one. I'm like, not on Tumblr as much. <laughs> I'm on Tumblr too much, if you ask me. Uh, there's one that I really like. It says, yes, daddy. Overplayed. Unoriginal. Insinuates daddy issues. Yes, chef. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Makes a statement. One-way ticket to Flavortown. I mean... I have not seen that. And and that's that. Period. I mean, that's all there is to it. Yes. Okay, y'all. Um, is there anything else that you would like to mention before we wrap it up joel uh not much i'm just like really glad that i could talk about the bear with you and can't wait to see what other shows we could talk about in the future oh my god pending if... strike <laughs> <laughs> listen if there's, any, if there's anything that you're watching anything you're um interested in feel free to just like let me know because i've mm -hmm. i've started watching tv again which I will have mm -hmm. to be honest, is a mistake. I probably should, like, give TV a break for a while. But, um, <laughs> I'm more of a movies so... person. <laughs> because it's easier to digest. <laughs> yeah. And there's one other thing I wanted to mention, just real quick. There was this one guy on TikTok that was trying to, like, do a breakdown as to why um, Sid wears a bandana in the kitchen. And it's literally because she wears braids and she's a black yeah. woman. Like y'all are yeah. the most. Yeah, it's not that serious. It's not that deep. There's literally nothing else to it except she's a black woman, and I mean that's about it, y'all. Yeah. Like she just has to, she has to keep her hair out of her face. She's trying to do her job, and she does it mm -hmm. well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Queen, we love it. We stand. Okay snaps all right guys i want to thank joel so much for coming on the pod um i really appreciate you being on everyone uh, yeah. make sure you check out joel uh follow him on twitter uh you know yeah, follow me on twitter all my socials we'll at joelville yes they'll be in the description 
Don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter and TikTok, follow us on Instagram, and share the podcast with your friends and family. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review online as well. And we will see you guys next week with another episode. Bye. Bye. Bye, friends.